Hey there. Thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better. And our heart is to reach, send, nurture and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, we're also at the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting and I know many people have done different things during this time and we just want to thank you for joining with us and we believe that God uh, has and will continue to do something profound through this time. You know, my message this morning is simply called this, an eye for generosity. And uh, over this last few weeks, what we've done is we've talked about three different things, you know, from Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. And my message this morning is about generosity, uh, but it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get to it. And so I want to read to you some passages of Scripture this morning in a few minutes from Matthew chapter 6. So if you've got your Bible, you can grab your Bible. But let me say a few things. You know, when I pray, God works. When I fast, I change. And when I give, God is glorified. Prayer is an act of giving. It's giving up on our pride and our self-sufficiency. Do you know, when we pray, something transforms us. Uh, The reason we don't pray is usually because of pride. In other words, we think we can do it without God intervening. But when we pray, what happens is we're humbling ourselves before God and we're asking for his help. We're asking for his intervention. And so it is an act of giving up. It's an act of giving up ourselves. Fasting is an act of giving. It's us giving up on our natural appetite. I don't know about you, but when I fast, I get hungry. It's normal to want to eat. It's normal to want to grab a hold of some food. And when you're fasting, it's amazing how your appetite initially increases. You smell everything. You look at everything. It all looks so good. So fasting is an act of uh, a sacrifice, but it's an act of giving as well. And then finally, giving is an act of generosity. You're giving something away to somebody else. Now, so, straight away, most people think of finances. It's not just finances. When you're, uh, when you're giving, you, it, it might be physical help. It might be a gift. It might be generosity of your spirit. It might be the way you embrace somebody or turn away from somebody. Um, as you give, it's an act of generosity. And, and the reason this is so important is because the character of God is wrapped up in it. And we'll get to talking to you a little bit about that soon. But I want you to think about this. Every act of God is an attempt to give out to somebody. What God does is all about giving. You know, I've got a question. Are you consuming or are you creating? Creating is actually an act of giving and ultimately in its purest form, It exalts the creator. This morning, you know, we've heard from Tim and Katie and what they've been doing is expressing their creative gift. And what they're doing in the process of that is giving something to you as you listen, as you join in. Obviously, when they write songs, it's a, a further extension of that giving gift. Now, 
We can question motive. There's nothing wrong with questioning motive. But ultimately, when we act uh, as creators and if our motive is clear, then it's an act of giving to somebody else. In other words, we're giving so that they receive and that replicates or if you like, it shows us God's activity in them and through them. And so when you think about it, are you consuming, in other words, taking for yourself Or are you creating and giving something to somebody else? You're usually doing one or the other. When you're eating food, you're consuming. When you're giving food, you're creating or giving to somebody else. We'll get to some of that a little later. Matthew chapter 6, 1 to 4 says this, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. And the point here that Jesus is making is number one, that we're to give. And in this particular circumstance, he's talking about giving to the needy. But he talks about motive. He's saying, hey, listen, there's two ways of doing this. You can do it secretly, or you can do it in a way to get a reward from those around about you. It's, it's sort of like, hey, look at me, I'm helping this person. And what Jesus is saying is, you've already been rewarded. You've received accolades for doing what you wanted to do for somebody by the publicity that you've created. People will honour you and acknowledge you. But what God really wants us to do is to do those things publicly and privately. Ultimately, the reason we ought to be giving is to bless somebody else, not to gain something for ourselves. A little further on in Matthew 6 and verse 19 to 24, it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, when we speak about eyes, you know, in in our day and age, if we look at someone and their eyes are are poor, usually it's an indication of bad health. There's something not right. And so it's sort of like what we're doing when we look into someone's eyes and we see them, uh, you know, weary or tired or unhealthy. What we're doing is by looking in the eyes, we're determining what's going on inside, And usually it's to do with physical health. But in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the focus on eyes was a little different to that. 
It was more about what came out of your eyes than what we were looking into. It says, you know, in uh, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. And, And you know, when we talk about lamps, what's the point of a lamp? The point of a lamp is to give off light. It's to, it, 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 it's to dispel darkness and to give off light. And what Jesus is saying is the eye is the torch or the light or the headlight of the body. In other words, it's what comes out of your eyes that makes the difference, not what someone looking in sees. And so Jesus, when he was talking about this, was saying something quite profound. I want you to think about this for a moment. When you look at something, you're feeding your appetite. Now, when you look at food, what you're actually doing is usually you're beginning the process of feeding your appetite for food. I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes when you see some advertisements on TV or a cooking show and you look at the food and you think, oh, that looks so good. The reality is what's happening is your desire for food is actually fed by what you see. It could be a car. Your car may be playing up, something going wrong with it, whatever. And then when you see another car, especially one that seems to be perfect, then your appetite for that perfection increases and is fed by what you see. The same is true of lust, covetousness, and a whole range of those other sins. You you see, it's our eyes that are feeding our appetite. Now, what it is, the eye itself can be, um, if you like, evil, but its, its source is internal. In other words, when you look to fulfill your appetite by what you look at, what you're actually doing is fulfilling what's internal, what's going on on the inside. It's an interesting thing, this. Your eyes become a feeder to our appetites and what we take in determines what's taken us in. In other words, what's gripped us. Fasting is an act that denies our appetite in an attempt to exchange the appetite we have for his appetite. It's sort of like the goal of fasting, especially food, is to put aside a natural appetite and to exchange it for an appetite that is quite different. Do you know when people are in crisis, it's not unusual for them to cry out to God. As a matter of fact, you, you know, we can read scripture after scripture of people turning back to God when things weren't going well. They cry out to God. And the part of the point of fasting is this, you're creating a crisis, an internal crisis connected to your appetite. And as you deny your appetite, the natural inclination should be to turn to God and say, God, I need your help in this. It's a trigger. It's ideally what would take place. Matthew 15 and verse 11 says this, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And it's the same for your eyes, it's the same for your mouth. It's not what you take in to your mouth that makes you unclean, it's what comes out. It's what you take in with your eyes and then what comes out from your eyes that defiles you. 
You, you see, with your eyes, when you, when you look at something, you have the opportunity of accepting or rejecting it. And if you accept it, then what you're doing is you're feeding your internal appetite. You know, we're all sinners saved by grace. And whether we like it or not, we have an appetite for sin in some form or another. And the goal is to starve that appetite, to replace it with an appetite for God and his ways and his plan. We all know, you know, maths is made of addition. It's made of multiplying. It's made of uh, division. And it's also made of subtracting. John 10.10, listen to this passage you all know well. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Think of it in these terms. You know what Jesus is wanting to do is to add and to multiply. What the enemy is wanting to do is to take away and divide. It's a simple thing to remember. And my question to you is, are you, take away, are you taking away? Are you subtracting? Are you dividing? Or are you adding and multiplying? You see, one is, one is taking in, the other is giving out. And the goal of our life ought to be to give out. And ideally, we'll get to a place where what we're giving out glorifies God. You know, in Isaiah 58, verse 5 to 9, it speaks about fasting. Listen to the sort of fasting that God commended or that God acknowledged. Is this the kind of fast that I've chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice. To me, that's giving. To untie the cords of the yoke. Again, an action outside of ourselves. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. It is, is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, and when you see them naked, to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Interesting, if you look at this passage, it's focused on what you can do for others in their circumstance, what you can give to others, how you can act on their behalf. And, and, and as you do that, it says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. God blesses us as we give out. He blesses us and he makes the light that is within us shine out like a headlight, like a lamp to those around about us. When we give to others, God is glorified. There's a strong yet subtle change in how we understand things. Again, like I said before, maths, it's really easy to remember this. If you're taking away, if you're dividing, then you're doing the work of the enemy. If you're adding or you're multiplying, then you're doing the work of God. Sorry if you're a maths teacher. Proverbs 6, 12 to 14 says this. A troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eyes, signals with his feet, motions with his finger, fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he always stirs up conflict. 
Here in Proverbs, and I've got several passages from Proverbs, it speaks about and an, an maliciousness with the eye. It's what's coming out from the inside. It's, a, it's the way people understood what people were doing. And those things, it says he always stirs up conflict. What's coming out of your eye? It's a question that I'd like you to come. What's coming out of your eye? When you go to work, what's coming out of your eye? Is it a, is it a, a desire to help? Is it a desire to heal, a desire to give? Or is it, a, is it envy? Is it lust? Is it frustration? Is it anger? What's coming out of your eye? And is it glorifying to God or is it glorifying to the enemy? Proverbs 7, 2 says this, keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. And what, what uh, Solomon is saying here is our eyes ought to be adjusted or um, refocused by the teaching of the word. The reason the word's so important, the reason it's important that it becomes a part of who we are is as we understand more of the word and look out from the word, then we've got an opportunity of affecting those around about us. Proverbs 23, 26 says this, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Goes back to the appetite again. When your eyes look out and delight in the ways of God, then it's an act of generosity, an act of giving, an act of transformation, an act of creativity. Proverbs 28, 27 says this, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. A profound passage of scripture in so many ways. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. In other words, those who look out on those who are in need and do something about it will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes and, hey, listen, it's easy to close our eyes, will receive many curses. Psalm 16 and verse 8 says this, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. David's writing this. And he's saying, you know, my focus, when I look out, it's on God. Look out, it's on what God wants me to do. Psalm 19 and verse 8 says this, The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Again, it refers to the fact that the word living within us will cause a light to shine from us that will affect others with the goodness of God. Psalm 34, 15 says this, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. Think about that if we reverse it for a moment. God's watching out for you. When God is watching out, he's not looking to take in, he's looking to give out. Another passage of scripture says, the, uh, the eyes of the Lord search the earth, looking for those whose hearts are for him. Psalm 101 and verse 5 says this, Whoever slanders their neighbour in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. Now, what we've got here is, a, again, an action on God's part to address what comes from our eyes. Psalm 145, 14 to 16 says this, The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you 
and and you give them their food at the proper time. You open their hand, satisfy the desires of every living thing. I want to go back for a moment to Matthew chapter 6, because I'm going to keep talking to you about this next week. What, what's in your focus? What are you looking at? And how is what you're looking at changing you? What's making the difference? You, you know, a question for you, what do you see? What are you looking at? What do you see? How is it making a difference? For me, Jesus was speaking about an eye for generosity. That is looking out to those around about us with an eye that sees what's going on and looks to help, looks to love, looks to create, looks to assist in some way. In 1 Corinthians 13, description there is given of love. Every single action is an act of generosity. The Bible is clear that God is love. In other words, it's not that He is described as loving, but He is love itself defined. Again, an act of generosity, an act of giving. Everything God does is to give out, it's to add, it's to multiply. As His followers, the challenge for us is to develop an eye for generosity. To look out at those around about us and to shine a light on their life that dispels darkness. Do you know when you ring up somebody and encourage them, you're dispelling the darkness that's attempting to surround them. When you send somebody a gift, you're attempting to dispel the darkness that surrounds them. When you help somebody in the supermarket or in a shopping centre or one day we'll be able to go back to those places. When you help somebody, you're dispelling the darkness because the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus came to give us life that more abundantly, to add and to multiply. I want to develop an eye for generosity. I want to be able to see the need, shine a light on it, transform it. We pray together with me. Father, I thank you today for your word. Thank you for the revelation that comes from your word, for the truth that's in your word. And as a first step today, Father, what I pray is that you would help us to see differently. That we would consider what it is that we're looking at. Whether we're taking from what we're looking at or whether we're giving. When we see someone in need, Father, are we looking what we are looking at what we can get from it, or are we looking at what we can give to them? Father, I know your purpose and plan is that every single one of us would be those that would be like you in that we are generous, giving to those around about us, not for our own sake, but for the sake of those who are the recipients. Father, help us to dispel darkness with the way that we look. Others around about us, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Do you know, it may be today that you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe that, you know, you're watching online and this is all new to you. Do you know Jesus Christ, God's only Son? The Bible says this, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. 
God sent His Son into the world. He gave His Son so that we can have eternal life. And a relationship with Christ is as simple as us simply giving up, saying, hey God, meet with me today. I received the gift of Jesus Christ and I want to begin a new relationship. If you're here on, online and you're watching and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ today, then you can do that simply by praying, Father, hear my voice. I want to begin a relationship with you. We'd love to connect with you online as well. There's multiple ways that you can do that. You can go to our website. You can, you can uh, enter the chat and just uh, indicate there that you've made a decision. We'd love to follow you up, get to know you, get to meet you. Be happy to change your experience of God if it's been difficult, if it's been hard. God loves you. He wants you in relationship with Him. So if that's you today, go ahead and pray where you are. God will hear you. Thank you. Do you know, in, in a very short while, we're at 11.30, we're starting our all-in Zoom communication thing, whatever you call it. Everyone's getting in online and we're going to have some games. There's going to be some interactions, some questions and a whole bunch of other things happening. And um, I'm sure the information for that will come up on your screen. You'll be able to connect there. If you haven't received a text, if you're stuck, you could go online. Uh, there'll be a way to find it there. You could go to Resound Connect through Facebook. There'll be a way to find it there and you can get that all sorted out. And for those of you who have children, you know, there's a, a fresh new episode of for our kids online as well. Let them watch it. Let them watch it multiple times. I know they've got a whole bunch of other things that they want to do as well, but let the Word of God be communicated to them so that they develop an eye for generosity as well. Hey, listen, it's been great being with you today. Look forward to joining together with you soon. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.